Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hey, this is a national treasure, and the real world's champion, Nick Aldis, and just when you thought, that every possible wrestling podcast name in the world was taken. Nate comes in with a clinch with the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Based on Nate's unbelievable level of praise for me, I would go ahead and say that Nate sounds like a knowledgeable, smart, trustworthy human being and his expertise should be lauded and appreciated by all of the listeners of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. You're listening to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Now it's time for our host, Nate. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson here with you, along with, of course, my brother Aaron. What's up? Hello, and Archie Mitchell. Woo! What's up, everybody? How are you guys doing? I'm doing fantastic. Same here. The Custom King, the Junior Booker Man, the Podcast Grand Puma. We're all here. I like the, that. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm a, uh, everybody knows I'm a wrestling nerd. Obviously, we do a wrestling podcast. I'm excited as shit right now, guys, because, and Aaron knows this. I don't know if Archie knows this. Some of the listeners might know. Regardless of what people want to say to me when I tell them this and they want to poo-poo it or whatever, that's fine. One of my favorite promotions ever in the history of ever is Global. I love Global. GWF. Oh, definitely. The, the Texas Global so I found a guy who was willing to sell me. I got like, I got like fifteen gigs of global oh, to wow. watch now, and I am I I don't know. I'm just I'm like geeking out, nerding out. I'm like I'm gonna watch global, and I'm in little, order, it's got like I'm the whole like the whole light title tournament, the tag title tournament, the a lot of the episodes. I don't know. I'm geeking out about it. I'm like, you yeah. Have, <laughs> do you have the infamous bungee cord match? Uh, I don't know yet. I haven't gone through everything yet. It's right. like, it's like, yeah, like it's it's enough stuff where I'm having to uh, download it to my computer and put it onto the other um, external hard drive oh. that I put some of our audio files on. So oh my, God. my computer, you know, Orange Hat will be on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever somebody to- takes a chair shot. Orange hat. You may want to do a watch along for that. I'm sure there are other fans of it. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, but I'm really excited about that. So my my wrestling nerd ass will be digging into that this week. But other I, than that, I'd be excited too. Other than that, folks, this is uh, it's a big week in the We Can't Wrestle podcast, as it is every single year. It is the 2021 Hall of Shame, and once again this year, Archie, I forgot to buy a kazoo. Damn it. I know. I got to like I got to like two days before the show, and Aaron, I don't even know if I ever told you this, but my plan last year was I was going to buy a kazoo. And do you think I could find one anywhere in town? No. I was going to buy a kazoo, and I was going to play the... I was going to do the WWE Hall of Fame music on a kazoo. And I forgot I forgot about it this year, but anyway. But guys, look out there in the crowd. Everybody, it's all assembled out here for the Hall of Shame. It's a it's a it's a who's that of professional wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> look out in the crowd. There's Mantar. May he's Young. Hoping, he's hoping May to get in. May There's Young. The goon. There's the goon over there. Yeah, speaking of GWF, the goon, oh, oh, oh. Bill Irwin. Over there, there's, uh, there's Bobby Walker, Joe Gomez, Joe Gomez is out there. there it's, a, it's, it's the who's that of professional wrestling, and they're all here. Now, is so, Joe Gomez and, hanging out with his brother Jim Gomez, or are they, <laughs> are they separated? Joe's just waiting for the show to end so he can start cleaning up. Okay. <laughs> the popcorn boxes and... So those of you, because our listenership has gone up considerably the past year, so those of you who have not ever heard the Hall of Shame, new listeners, you got to go back and listen to, you got to go back in the archives and listen to the first two, because it's comedy gold, Jerry, it's gold, gold. I'll tell you. But let me read off the list of past inductions into the We Can't Wrestle Hall of Shame. It's the worst of the worst in professional wrestling, at least to the opinion of the person that inducts them. First, right off the bat, first inductee ever was the Ding Dongs. Good inductee. Blood Runs Cold was inducted. Aaron inducted the Public Enemy. He also inducted Jimmy Valiant. Um, I know one of the things I inducted was using somber tones during a staged angle. Uh, the Ray... The Randy Orton using Eddie Guerrero in his feud with Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. PN News. The Heroes of Wrestling pay-per-view, which we actually reviewed at one time on the show. You want to play Vin- 21? I got 22. Yeah. <laughs> good, good on you, Jake. The Vince, the, Vince McMahon, the Vince McMahon Stephanie Angle from 2004. Uh, the Black Scorpion. Vince Oof. Russo. The New Rockers, RoboCop in WCW, yeah, ICP, Dave Sullivan, <laughs> Aaron inducted the Aaron inducted the entire promotion oh, of TNA, <laughs> Brutus Beefcake's gimmicks, that was me. all of them. No, that was David Gold actually. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. In one fell swoop. WWF WWF Niagara Falls, Judy Bagwell. That was a fun one last year. Kurt Angle losing his last match to Baron Corbin. That was me. That was Nate, yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin's heel run. The Bone Zone match. Mordecai. (laughs) I think it's funny that in our little universe it's called the Bone Zone match. (laughs) 
Like you didn't even hesitate. You just, like, the, <laughs> the dungeon yeah. of the dungeon of doom. I explained to Archie before we went on the air. I almost inducted the Yeti this year, but then I was like, "Well, shit!" Aaron inducted the dungeon of doom in one foul swoop. Yeah. So, the but corporate- I was telling Nate, I don't think we mentioned the Yeti. <laughs> we might I, not have. I think we just mentioned all of the dungeon of doom. <laughs> the corporate ministry storyline. The Great Kali, Saudi Arabia pay-per-views. I think that was me. That was you. The Chamber of Horrors match. Rocco the Puppet. That was was me, too, I think. Oh, that was there. I think that was me. I inducted the entire promotion of XPW. The Val Venus choppy choppy your pee-pee angle. (laughs) Zack Ryder. That was me. Yes. Oh, yeah, it was. That was definitely me. <laughs> Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> Max Payne. And the Katie Vick angle. So there you go. That is so far all of the inductees into the We Can't Wrestle podcast Hall of Shame. And because this is Aaron's baby, this is his favorite show to do every single year. Every year. Of course, we will let Aaron start with his first inductee this year. In the We Can't Wrestle Hall of Shame, the worst of the worst, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron loves this show so much that in January he'll be saying, isn't the Hall of Shame coming up? And Nate's <laughs> like, it's July. It's, the, it's not even time yet. It's not even yet. It, <laughs> the snow has just fallen. It's it's not close okay. yet. Okay. So, the first person to get indicted into the Hall of Shame is going to be Jim Hurd. And before, my favorite thing is to say who's indicting them. It's giving a speech to bring them out. So out comes the ding-dongs. <laughs> Hall, of, Hall of Shamers themselves. Yes, they're going to give us this speech about Jim Hurd. Okay. <laughs> this moron ran WCW from 1988. Oh, to 1992 and pretty much ran that fucker into the ground. He took one of the most watched programs in America and turned it into one stupid ass joke. Notable things that he fucked up. He broke up the Midnight Express and ran them off. You guys can speak to any of these if you want. Mm -hmm. He believed the Desperados would work. They were walking (laughs) around Looking for Stan Hansen. There was Deadeye Dick and Black Bart and some other guy. And this was so atrocious that Stan Hansen left and went back to Japan. <laughs> I was about to say that. Stan Hansen was yeah. like, they were like, these no. are our plans for you, Stan. I'm going to breach my contract then. Right. And leave. <laughs> he left the country. It was so bad. <laughs> he also brought in RoboCop. Also an inductee. Yes. yes. He ran off the Road Warriors. Jim Hurd also pitched the Hunchbacks. Think about this, folks. This guy single-handedly ran off the Road Warriors and the Midnight Express. Yep. Two of the best tag teams of their era were like, fuck this. I don't want to work here. I mean, he expected out of Jim Cornette. <laughs> Let's be honest. Right, right. Jim Cornette. But, yeah. God. Poor and Bobby just sitting there. Poor Bobby was just sitting there like, where the fuck did everybody go? (laughs) And to replace these teams, Jim Hurd pitched the Hunchbacks. Yep. 
who were impossible to beat because you couldn't pin their shoulders to the mat. Yeah. <laughs> because they were hunchbacked. Oh, God. Yes. He also gave us Big Josh, PN News, and then wanted to turn Ric Flair into Spartacus. 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 And he then, also gave us he also gave us black blood. Yes. Hailing from a small town in a, France. A little town in France. Yes. And then look at the camera and go, black blood. <laughs> <laughs> Who black blood was? Uh, I think it was Brian Clark. No. Oh no, Black Blood was J- Billy Jack Haynes. Billy Jack Haynes. Yeah. And Brian Clark was somebody though, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, it's anyway, you. yeah, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Brian Clark should be in the fucking Hall of Shame, but oh, then everybody can get there next year. <laughs> and then his crowning achievement was not only did he run off the Midnight Express and the Road Warriors, he also ran off Ric Flair, and not just Ric Flair, but Ric Flair with their belt. Yep. <laughs> yep. So then the last thing that he did that was notable was he gave us one of the worst pay-per-views in the history of pay-per-views, the Great American Bash 1991. And Luger and Wyndham had to wrestle this match for the WCW Championship, which wasn't even a real belt. Well, it was a real belt, but it was one of Dusty Rhodes' old tag team titles with WCW Champion taped onto it. Damn. That's some that's some that's some uh bottom level indie shit right okay, there, Jim if, Hurd. If anything, Jim Hurd should be like a, an all around first inductee. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was an oversight. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, Jim Hurd should they, they say it about Flair in the Hall of Fame. Jim Hurd should have his own wing yes. in the Hall of Shame. Yes, with yeah, I was gonna say with all of his terrible decisions plastered all over the wall right. to remind him, is he dead? No, he's still alive. The no. fact that he outlived Jim Crockett is bullshit. Right? <laughs> I think he's I think he's 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 managing a Domino's pizza somewhere. Well, he was a pizza yeah. executive. That yeah. was his, that was his wheelhouse. Yep. Great like I've always from. said this. I've always said like I'm I I I don't want to be like outwardly rude to people, but I try to be somewhat of a prick because I don't want to get cancer. And you ever hear like people are never like, "Oh, I'm glad that guy got cancer." They're always like, oh, he got cancer. He was such a nice guy. Like, Jim Hurd was an asshole, and he's still alive. So yeah. just being a prick, you stick around. You know what I mean? <laughs> you hang in there. Yeah. The the dumbest thing I ever heard about Jim Cornette, regardless of what Aaron just said, because those are all dumb, was when he wanted to renegotiate the Midnight Express and Jim Cornette's contracts. Mm-hmm. And and he, he ended up offering Jim more than Jim wanted. Jim's like, don't worry about paying me. Just pay Bobby and Stan. And he ended up telling Jim, you know what? I'll give you 225000 if you stay. But I'm only giving Stan, 100, uh, Stan and Bobby 100 each. And Jim's like, I don't want 225000 Take that away from me and give it to Bobby and Stan. Mm-hmm. And he's like, nope, I won't do it. I won't do it. And Jim <laughs> Cardiff was like, Jesus Christ, what are we doing here? He said Bobby and Stan were terrible. Yeah, they, did, they, didn't, they didn't draw money. <laughs> I can't. I can't do anything. But go. Psh. 
What does this? What does the pizza man know about drawing money? <laughs> I the decision. Like I mean, okay, WCW was at its heart. The the biggest problem probably was the fact that even though. People always say Ted Turner had its back and he was a wrestling guy and he liked wrestling. At right. the end of the day, it, it suffered from uh, kind of the same thing WWE suffers from today. It's 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 such a it's a corporate view of pro wrestling. So right. they would make that mistake where they would put these non wrestling guys that you would you know Aaron and I are in retail. These guys that you would expect to come walking through your door as like your douchebag regional vice president or something. And they're on fucking Nitro or WCW Saturday Night or whatever. Like, you know, that Dr. Harvey Schiller guy. Right, and, right. And Harvey Schiller, no, not Harvey Schiller. <laughs> that dude was smart to the business because he's still involved in it. What's like, but, but what? So, so I won't knock Harvey Schiller because Harvey Schiller was about money. I'm talking like Jim Hurd, Kip Fry, Bill Shaw. Those guys mm-hmm. had no fucking idea see, what they were doing. See, Harvey, I was, Harvey right. was smart. Aaron's right. And what I never got about these guys, okay, you put these guys in a position of power, right? Yeah. And then they assign a championship committee and a booking committee. And Just then let them, every, yeah, let the right. wrestling people do their job. Have, and that's what Schiller, and, and see, uh, and I don't want to keep bringing up Harvey Schiller. No, I, and I, I know. Schiller gay, like he hired Eric and right. he basically said, like he promoted Eric and I know people are going to say whatever they want to say about Eric, but he was smart enough to go, Hey, I put this guy in this spot to run this. And I'm going to let him run it and let him run it. And he, and he watched his budget. You know and, what I mean? And actually I, it, it I agree with you on Schiller because I'm realizing now as we're talking about it, I wasn't, I didn't mean, but I, I said Dr. Harvey Schiller and your points about him are valid. Who I was actually thinking about was that Bob Dew guy. I'm sorry. Yeah, Bob Dew. He was yeah. an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> Schiller, Schiller was the one guy that they put like. Because I started up. thinking about it and Schiller was, Schiller was the guy that, that, uh, you know, gave gave Bischoff his suspension on TV and everything. And you're right; like he, yeah, he like tell, he tell he knew what he was doing. And yeah, Schiller was in charge. I mean, Bischoff was in charge, but you know, Schiller was like the the guy the overseer, right? During during the entire fucking Monday Night War era. So Schiller. Well, all right, that's enough talking about good things. This is about bad yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. let's shit so, on somebody. <laughs> so, Get your get your fucking uh, get your fucking uh, thing of jiffy pop and and move along there, uh, Jim Hurd. Welcome to the Hall of Shame. Um, a pie, you fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a double. I'll take a, a pepperoni and sausage large. All right, Archie. Yes, I'll let you go next, sir. All right. My first inductee will be being inducted by Alistair Black. Because of this new Malachi Black um, character he has with the funny eye purple paint on it, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And he is inducting the eye for an eye match between Seth Rollins <laughs> and Rey Mysterio. <laughs> now, the match itself was not bad. They actually wrestled a pretty decent match. But when Rey Mysterio was forced to hold a fake eye out of his head, and dangle it like it came out of his head. 
and and then walk around with a patch over under his mask for the last year. It's it just it's stupidity for the sake of stupidity that nobody's really going along with. And the 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 first thing that I thought, okay, two things that I thought. The first thing I thought when I watched it was that looks like something you buy at Spirit Halloween, right? And then the second thing I thought was, okay, I mean, I know there are probably a lot of modern wrestling fans that may not have even ever seen this match, but there was actually a match where a guy's eyeball did come out. Yep, and it was Vader. And it was the yep. in the final four in nineteen nine February of nineteen ninety seven. Yep. And um, if you, oh, by the way, oh, what about I, what about when Stan Hansen popped Vader's eye out? Yeah, so well, I'm just, I guess, I'm just talking about no. I, I was talking about the fatal four way with uh, oh yeah, but and that, that's that's one too. But I was just going with American and WWF wrestling television. It, it when so when your eye comes out of your socket, there's a lot of blood, and wow. you know. A lot it, of know, blood. There's a couple of wires or whatever you want to call them, veins or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's still connected to you. It's not in your hand, unless Seth cut it off without us knowing. Right. And, and I know. Well, Didn't they have like Seth puke or something? Yeah. But this is the thing that really bothered me, and I know I'm going to sound like an idiot or be like Archie, you're too gruesome. That eye wouldn't have been that white if it would have popped out of Rey Mysterio's head. Mm-hmm. It would have been covered in blood. And a bunch of other bodies, bodily fluids. It don't wouldn't have been pure white. That's all I'm saying. You know. And it, well, yes, and and you know they would say to you, "Well, we're PG rated," and blah uh-huh. blah. Okay, so my point don't to that, <laughs> exactamundo, exactamundo. If you, you know. can't do it, don't do it. Right. You know. I mean, it's just the the you know, it's just like the the stunts, like when when Jericho did his little stunt earlier this year and landed on the cardboard and the styrofoam or whatever, and it's like, well, what would you want me to do? Land on a steel grate? No, I'd want you to not fucking do it. If you're right. not going to do it, don't do it so for the sake commit. of doing it. Right. Exactly. Right. Yes. Um, it was bad on many levels. The whole storyline kept going and going, um, and. I know this was what they thought was going to be the end result, but then we had another six months of the storyline after. Yeah, well, so. and that, yeah, that's and that's that wouldn't be part of the induction if you're inducting the eye for an eye match. But I would, I would say, I'd go as far as to say you can you can induct the whole feud because don't don't just be quiet. Okay, that's later. I, okay, all right. Because <laughs> I, I am a fan of Seth. I am a fan of Seth Rollins going back yes. to Tyler Black. Yes. I am a fan of Rey Mysterio Junior. Yes. I hated their fucking rivalry. The but anyway. rivalry was bad. All right. All right, Nate, you're next on the docket. <clears throat> All right, I'm not inducting this clown shoe really very much based on wrestling, but I will say this. He was a dad. Uh, I don't normally I don't normally attack workers uh, personally, but I'm going to attack this guy personally. You know, like I'll say Kenny Omega sucks in the ring. I don't like to watch him perform, but I'm not going to attack him as a person. I don't know him as a person. Right. Um, But this guy I'm going to. He was, first of all, he was a shitty wrestler. He looked terrible. He had a terrible gimmick. He had terrible hair, an awful mustache. I never saw him have a good match. And he's a piece of shit. I am inducting the one, the only, Buck Zumhoff into oh, yes. the We Can't Wrestle Hall of Shame. Welcome, Buck. Buck. Don't welcome, Buck. Now, hold on. Aaron. Aaron. Huh. Let's, talk, let's talk first about Buck as a wrestler, because I'm actually going to read verbatim 
because I want to do this and slander him. Well, it's not slander because he fucking did it. I want to shit all over Buck Zumhoff, but I want to do it properly. Once we shit on him as a wrestler, I'm going to read from Wikipedia all the dirty shit he did <laughs> and why yeah. he belongs in the state in the place in life that he is now. Terrible hair, terrible mustache. <laughs> so we're going to shit on him as a worker? First. Yes, let's. Okay, <laughs> terrible. The only thing that Buck Zumoff ever did that was impressive to me, and it wasn't even him, it was when Hunter gave him that pedigree. I don't even know if it was on Raw. It might have even been on Superstars. But there's that fucking video of Hunter when he was Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Oh, when he spiked him? Pedigreeing a guy, and he spikes him. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, that's Buck Zumoff. I don't and, remember that and, was yeah that was because that was on Superstars. It was either Hunter's first or second televised match in the WWF. Yep. And yep. when I watch it, part of me thinks I think Hunter knew this guy was a piece of shit and fucked him <laughs> up on purpose. So good job, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Archie, anything you have to say about this piece of shit before I run down? That, his... How about that eight? That AWA show that we watched, that we watched a time ago, Tiger Mask comes over and he's got to wrestle Buck Zoom on. Yeah, the, but like the why, fucking... why? Why would you look at your entire roster and go, "Hey, let's have Tiger Mask <laughs> wrestle Boombox Zoom off"? Yeah, it's like isn't Billy Robinson ain't available? <laughs> you know what I mean? Even Greg Gagne for Christ's sake! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg Gagne. <laughs> Where's David San Martino for Christ's sake? <laughs> like Greg Gagne, say what you want to say about him, but he was decent. Or or Jim Brunzel, you know Jim Brunzel, he can't wrestle fucking Tiger Mask. No, let's give him that pedophile with the fucking boombox. Boombox. Always the <laughs> motherfucker always looked like he got struck by lightning. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. <laughs> I could go for hours on Buck Zumoff. Well. Let's talk about the shit. His, anyway. his, his real name is almost appropriate. His actual name is Eugene Otto Zumhoff. Mm-hmm. So here if that we go. Doesn't scream, if that doesn't scream pedophile. Living Starts in his here. mom's basement. Yeah. Starts here, ladies and gentlemen. Zumhoff was jailed in July 1986 when he was found guilty of sexual misconduct involving a minor. Zumoff also served 36 months in prison after being convicted of fourth-degree sexual conduct with a minor on January 23rd, 1989. And we're not talking about grown men that... No. Zumoff was again arrested on May 27th, 2013 and charged with 12 felony counts of criminal misconduct for sexually abusing his daughter. Between June 1999 and June 2011, beginning when she was 15 years old. He was convicted on all 12 counts March 5th, 2014. Following the verdict, Zumoff attempted to flee from the courthouse, but was quickly tackled by court uh, court officers and charged with escape from custody. On May 6th, 2014, he was sentenced to 25 years in prison on two first-degree and two third-degree counts of criminal sexual conduct. I hope that he is currently getting plugged in his butthole as we speak. <laughs> Fuck you, Buxumhoff. I second that. <laughs> we, have to, we have to get what the equivalent of the Warrior Award is for the Hall of Shame, and that goes to Buck Zumhoff. Like the opposite of a Warrior Award. 
A monster award. What a monster. Fuck that guy. The Zuhoff. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Just didn't shut and duck some prick. And we just give him the zoom off. The move off. <laughs> the zoom off. Yeah. So there you go, guys. My first inductee, the piece of shit Buck Zoom off. I have no qualms about saying that either. I'm with you on it. Aaron? All right. Um, this is kind of funny because you just buried Buck Zoom off. And I'm going <laughs> to bury another guy that's already, I mean, he's already buried because he's dead. But, um, the next person, he's being inducted by Woody Allen, <laughs> um, is Fritz Von Erich. Oh. Wow. Really? Yeah. I'm going to read this. Though Fritz Von Erich was a good pro wrestler and a great promoter, but he was a scumbag human being. Fritz put his business and money before the health and well-being of his children Fritz von Erich, these are some of the things that he did, sold tickets to David von Erich's funeral, mm-hmm. turned a blind eye to the deaths and debauchery of not only the wrestlers that worked for him, but his own children. And then when he started running out of kids, he created a, a nephew, Lance von Erich. Shout he was out like, to Lance oh, von man. Erich. oh man. Oh man. These these kids I got are dropping like flies. We better get somebody else out there. Oh, I'll just create a cousin. And then, when all of his, not all of his kids, but when he was running out and Lance Von Erich didn't work, to get more sympathy on the Von Erichs and work off their tragedy, he, sta- he staged his own heart attack. Fritz Von Erich was a piece of shit, in my humble opinion. This guy just ignored everything that was going on around him and all of the bad shit that was going on in his locker room because he was making fucking money. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, I, and I know it's probably people are going to be, oh, yeah. he was on the 20... 20- what was it? The fucking thing with uh, the, the twenty seven hundred club or whatever? And da 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 da. Well, to, to, to me, for, yeah, I don't <laughs> want to get into that thing. But Fritz von Eric just ignored all of that because he was making money hand over fist. I mean, look at all of the people that just. Not even his own kids, but like Gino Hernandez and all them that mm-hmm. just were doing whatever the fuck they wanted to do, and he didn't police it because they were making fucking money. Yeah, and and, and, and people knock Vince and they say this, this, and this about him, but when Vince sees shit like that, what's he do? He fucking handles it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very like true. he says, no, that we're not gonna let that shit happen. But Fritz saw this shit happening, and you can't tell me. That that he didn't that he didn't see it and not well, do anything about it. Um, he even he even to that to that also and and I am a I am a fan of Texas wrestling and et cetera, oh, I, et cetera and guess, but that's I'm not, not that, I know I know I know, I, know. I, I know and that, that's what I was about to say that's not what this show's about and I'm not going to get off on that but 
another negative thing. He even he even tried. Um, was it Mike that got the infection and almost died? And then um, Fritz tried to the guy. The, I think it was Mike, the one that was real frail and small. And well, yeah. no, that, that was Chris. Chris was Chris. the little guy. But yeah. Mike got toxic shock syndrome. Yes, that's why they brought in. That's why they brought in Lance. But then Mike was just like right out of the fucking hospital, and they and fucking him back out in the ring, and mm-hmm. he was like stumbling all over his words, and his eyes are all glassed over and shit. Yeah, Ritz was a piece of shit. As a human being, I have to agree. Archie, anything on Fritz? No, I agree with everything Aaron said. Well, then that means you are next, sir. All right. I am lumping them all together as a whole um, because it's not just the one match. No. I am going to be inducting the AEW production team. Why, you (laughs) ask? Well... The stupid angle that they in which they shot Jericho's fall um, from the blood and guts cage match. Let's face it, had that been shot from any other angle, you would not have been able to tell that was cardboard. Mm-hmm. But they chose to be right on top of it. And the complete idiocracy of that exploding ring death match that they had. And that what was a sparkler event afterwards. The match as a whole was great. Again, like I said about Seth and, and Ray, Kenny and, and, and John Moxley actually did a fantastic job, and Blood and Guts was good too, up, up until the lackluster ending. So for that, AEW's production team, who was in charge of both those matches, because it wasn't Tony Khan's fault. He doesn't oversee that. He just tells them what to do. No, it wasn't wrestler's fault. He let it happen. Well, he yeah. didn't know it was going to happen. No, you're set up for... Something, you know, you think something's about to be big and then... But, 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 okay, no, we're not going to defend Tony Khan here, Archie, because... Tony Khan should have said... We just said, we just... Hold on, Aaron, hold on. Hold on. We just said not too long ago, if you can't do it, don't do it. So at the end of the day, Coney Tan, Coney Tan, Tony Khan said... I want this thing with Jericho to happen and for him to come off of a cage. Well, here's how we have to do it, Tony. We're going to have to use toilet paper rolls and cardboard and fucking paper towels. And we might put some juju, we might put some juju beads in there or something. Okay. Go ahead and do it. Put it on my TV show. So overall, yeah, it was his fault too. He was part of the problem. It was, but they, they should have told Tony Khan, okay, we can make this thing explode. Like, all right. And what Tony Khan should have done, because he has the money to do it, he should have said, make two of them. Okay? Double it. Make two of them. And True. then show me what the first one looks like. There's nobody there. You know what I mean? Blow, it up, blow it up a week before. Be like, oh, that looked fucking fantastic. True. But right. So now I know. To Mr. Khan's credit, because I'm not, I am an AEW fan, so I don't want to shit on him just... But to his credit, he is still new to all of this and didn't know exactly what had to go into into all of that. He's not a Vince McMahon. He's not an Eric Bischoff who's going to sit there and make them roll through it over and over again. And the people who are teaching him about pro wrestling are Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. And Cody Rhodes. So fucking good luck with that. Right. But um, I'm going to piggyback here. I'm going to skip to my last one because it kind of piggybacks off of your okay. the one you just did, Archie. Okay. 
the year of COVID, ladies and gentlemen, in pro wrestling, in all of our lives, it changed things. You know, we went to had to do the Thunderdome and WrestleMania with no audience and 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 all of that. But the probably the worst thing that came out of the COVID era of pro wrestling, and I'm inducting all of them as one big lump. Oh, for, for every wrestling company that did one, every one they did the cinematic matches. However, the two that I indict the most are the AEW Stadium Stampede garbage. Okay. Which one? And the, both of them. Okay. And the WWE Money in the Bank match. Yeah. Is, yeah. That was every bit of every one of those. Like, okay, I know we joked earlier, you know, we called we we say bone zone match. I, I'm not a big I'm not a fan of the, the Undertaker AJ Styles thing. I don't like I don't like camera cuts. I don't like the big stunts with the <laughs> fire and the blah 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 and showing the Undertaker riding his, his it takes all the realism out of wrestling. But one right. thing I will say about that match is at least it was serious. Right. You know what I'm saying, Aaron? Like at least yep. Yes, it, it, there were hokey parts, which actually you kind of expect with The Undertaker. He did, you know, shoot flames and shit on Raw. But what I'm saying is at least that match, although still phony, was a fight. It was a movie. You felt like you were watching a 35, 40-minute the, the, movie. The stadium, the, stampede, honestly, the stadium stampede and the Money in the Bank matches should have said... It was like Benny fucking Hill in pro wrestling. Yeah. The only right one, I, the, the only one I enjoyed, and I know we're not supposed to talk about things we enjoyed. Cena is the Cena Bray Wyatt one. I that one kind of, it was that surreal. Was, that, that one was that funny. was surreal, and it made me laugh. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. like when I watched it, I wasn't laugh. Okay, like that one, I wasn't laughing because it was stupid. I was laughing because no. it was actually funny. And, it actually had good comedy relief with the yeah, Cena yeah. turn and all that. Yeah, that puppet. Oh, that's good shit, pal. Yeah, 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 that was fun, and it made me laugh. But the other ones, like that that swamp thing match, oh, that was bad. Fucking, and the bone zone, and the fucking <laughs> in the bank, and the fucking um, um, stadium. Those stadium stampede, stadium stampede, matches. stampede matches. God, just terrible. Yep, it's and not, I'm not anything. I'm not, even, I'm not even saying that Bray Wyatt and Cena was like. Epic and great, or whatever, but that that one was what it was. But yeah, the the, the cinematic matches are trash. I agree. It's, it's everything that wrestling it, isn't supposed to be. It, yeah, there's it, a it, it there's a way. Me. Yeah, there's a way to do a cinematic match, and the, the boiler room brawl. Exactly, that's right. what I was about to say. The boiler room brawl. The cameraman, you know, you have, you have, there was one cameraman, one camera shot. I don't remember if they had, I don't remember if they did more camera cuts with the Big Show Mankind one because I haven't watched that one as many times. And and Mick even said that he regretted that one because they did. And he faked a lot of the stuff. Like he had like, like they had like the, the, um, like the sugar glass and fake blood Mm -hmm. and, and camera cuts and stuff. Like he didn't like that one as much, and he wasn't shitting on Paul or anything, but he, right. was, he didn't like that one as much. But the boiler room brawl is how you do a match like that. Mm-hmm. One camera, one camera, one camera. No commentary, just two guys fighting down a goddamn hall, 
and beating the shit out of each other. Yep. All right, so there we go. Cinematic matches officially inducted into the Hall of Shame. Aaron, what is your next induction? All right. Being indicted into the Hall of Fame now, or the Hall of Shame now, by a bag of Doritos is Mark Madden. <laughs> now, I have, I have a question. But Doritos, are the Doritos wearing a Hawaiian shirt? No. Oh. No, but the Hawaiian shirt is covered in Doritos. Oh, yes. okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. That makes sense. Here's the uh, video um, <laughs> uh, monologue for the Mark Madden induction video. Mark Madden is trash. This human being bag chair got into wrestling <laughs> got into the wrestling business in 1992 when he pretty much ended the booking career of Bill Watts. Meaning, if you guys don't know what I mean by that, is he interviewed Hank Aaron and he showed um, or he read Hank Aaron things that Bill Watts said. Which what mm-hmm. Bill Watts said was wrong. But anyway, he's without question one of the biggest commentators in wrestling history. Mark Madden was someone. <laughs> Nate got it. <laughs> Mark Madden was someone who would suck off whoever was in charge the most to be able to keep, him, keep his fat ass employed. Mark Madden style on the head that could be described with one word. Garbage. Definitely. It's without being said that we are happy to indict Mark Madden into the Hall of Shame. Welcome to the Hall of Shame, Mark Madden. I uh, I, I recently, because I was up late at night because I couldn't sleep, put on Peacock and put on uh, an older WCW pay-per-view. Like, you know, older as in like a year before the show was ended, so like 2000, and Mark Madden was on commentary. And I swear to God, I longed for Bobby Heenan. I longed for Gorilla. Damn, I would have rather heard Lord Alfred Hayes calling that match. I longed for the Duke of Dorchester. You know, I mean, that guy barely knew anything about wrestling. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you so for those of you that have listened to the show long enough to know of my hatred of this guy, another guy I would rather listen to more than Mark Madden is Rod Trongard. Like, yeah, Rod, Rod Trongard, the guy oh, that announced for the AWA. Oh, 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 okay. He was terrible. Vince, picked him, Vince picked him up for a minute. Mm-hmm. And he was he he did like MSG, I think with he Gorilla did it with Gorilla, and then they got rid of him, and it was just Gorilla, and then it'd be like Lore, and sometimes Bobby'd be sprinkled in there. But yeah, Ron Trogard was pretty bad. Yeah, but he, he, he Madden was worse. Yeah, he wasn't Ed Whalen bad, but he was pretty bad. <laughs> Uh, I haven't heard enough Ed Whalen to hate him as much as I hate Trongard, <laughs> but I hate Madden more. Ed Whalen, one time, I watched a match, and Terry Funk gets slammed into a table by Bruce Hart, and he goes, oh! He just 
smashed him into that table, and Terry Funk is a ram-a-dam-a-ding-dong. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Ram-a-lam-a-ding-dong-dandy. Yeah. But we're not talking about Ed Whalen. We're talking about Ron. No, we're talking, no, we're no, talking, we're about, talking Mark about Madden. Mark Madden. <laughs> no. I thought, we were talk- I thought you were inducting Ron. No, no, no. no. I, was, I was inducting Mark Madden. I was making an example of how I would rather listen to Rod, Rod Trongard <laughs> than Mark were. Madden's fat ass. Yeah. Let's not. Let's not. Uh, gay fan brother. I thought we were moving into the next hour. We're still talking nope. about Mark Madden. No. We didn't take but a yes. break, and then I got confused. Mark, who's the, who's the who's the who's the worst like? Who's the worst fat fuck? Mark Madden or David Bixenspan? Again, I say who? Mark Madden. I can't vote. I don't know who David Bixenspan is. <laughs> at, David Spick, at least Bix, David Bixenspan. At least Bix knows somewhat what he's talking about and doesn't put himself uh... on camera. And doesn't put himself on like doesn't put himself on camera. And then Mark Madden would they would have like like Mark Madden would like talk about people's appearances and stuff, right? It's like you're one to talk about somebody's right. appearance, yeah. Like when you did the whole fly fat ass fly yeah. thing, yeah. It's like you look like somebody shit on a beanbag chair, right? You're, you're <laughs> terrible. And and this was the guy that WCW was like, oh, let's replace Bobby Heenan. But I mean, let me tell you that wait. wasn't WCW. That was Vince Russo and Ed Ferraro wanting to give him well, a job. Well, that was WCW. I mean, that was the people well, they right. put in charge. So they're like, oh, Bobby Heenan keeps showing up drunk and making fun of our product. So Rightfully let's so. with Mark Madden. Mark Madden is trash. And, and, and the guy just, the only person, the only commentator, I shouldn't say the only commentator, the only person that I think is worse than Mark Madden would probably be Chris Cruz. But Chris Good Cruz is Chris so Cruz the shit. Like he well, wasn't a bad but, commentator. Chris Cruz is but, just a, Yeah, yeah, that's what I was yeah. gonna say. Here's the difference right. between Madden and Cruz is Cruz is a piece of shit human, but he was actually a decent commentator. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> but Mark Madden was terrible and I don't I don't see anything redeemable about Mark Madden. Archie? Well, excuse me. <laughs> well, my next one was talked about a little while ago, in some way, but I'm not going to be inducting Seth Rollins into this. Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins, except for the whole eye for an eye match thing, he was just doing what he was told. And I've been talking about it and hinting about it for the last couple of episodes that we've done of other shows as well. I am inducting the entire. Mysterio family for that crock of shit storyline with Seth Rollins during the COVID period into the Hall of Shame. Reasons being Rey Mysterio is at a point in his career that he doesn't need to do things like that anymore and he can basically be a part-time wrestler. Doesn't have to be full-time anymore. And he's he's a stat. I'm not trying to cut you off but I agree with you because he's established his legacy enough. Right. Exactly. Where all he ha- all he has to do is be the fantastic worker that he is. Right. Show up once every couple months, 
take on one of their bigger cruiserweight stars or something, <laughs> put the guy over, and he can go back home and then come back again in a couple of months. You know what I mean? And like when, when they had Austin Aries there, if they would have had Aries versus Ray, that would have been great, or Neville mm-hmm. versus Ray. You and know. that, and that's where I agree with you on, you know, some people would say, and I'm going to play devil's advocate, but then I'm going to shit on that. Some people would say, well, they're just doing what they told. It's a storyline. Now, where Archie's point, and I think this is what you're getting at. Yes. Is the I reason know. you can induct Ray is that other than him, he he would be the one to allow his family to be a part of it. Right. Exactly. So if Vince McMahon pitches, hey, let's get your daughter and your wife and your right. son involved exactly. in this and blah, 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 Ray could say, well, I'm the one under contract, so let's just do something. Exactly. Now, the reason I'm inducting Ray also is this was all done in order to get Dominic a contract. Mm-hmm. And I will, I'm not going to shit on Dominic more than I already have in past episodes of other shows that we've done. But Dominic Mysterio is still very green to me. He should still be at the Performance Center training or whoever he's going to train with. And he does not deserve to be a World Tag Team Champion. I really we're doing don't. It, you know, I, really doing don't I really don't see him getting any better. No. He's I, like Eric I, Watts. I, yeah. I, or, uh, I mean, he's he's not Angelo Mosca Jr., but he's definitely no. in the category of Eric Watts. Eric I just Watts, don't see David him. Flair, you know. Yeah. it's They're doing and it even, strictly to please Ray. Even to a certain extent, not as a wrestler, but as an entertainer, David Flair wasn't bad for what no, his, his exactly. role. You know, he, he went psycho. He was great. He played his yeah. role well. You know, but the, this Dominic also, just go ahead. Dominic ain't his daddy. That's for no, sure. He ain't. He ain't. He's, well, well, he he might be his daddy, but we don't know. We'll, we'll get <laughs> to Guerrero, that. Eddie Guerrero is your puppy. You know, <laughs> Alia Mysterio was a horrible actress mm-hmm. who also couldn't keep kayfabe. She mentioned. Her um, her getting engaged while she was doing the storyline with Buddy Murphy and completely blew that storyline out of the water. Mm-hmm. Then they canceled it two weeks later. And I, I, is it Angie Mysterio, his wife? Yes. Is, is worse than Alia is as a actress. I mean, they just didn't buy it. Yeah. But what it makes bad. it even worse is that during this shithole of a storyline... Seth Rollins being Seth Rollins, he did the whole, is a lie, even you're really your daughter, Ray. And then Ray Mysterio had the goal to say, we've done this before. Are we really going to rehash a storyline? And that's where I totally checked out because I'm like, wait a second. You know this is all crap. You know this storyline sucks. And you're even going to mention Eddie now. And you're still going to go along with it, which they did for another month and a half. Mm -hmm. So for that, the Mysterio family... Goes into the Hall of Shame. Booyaka, booyaka. All right. Hall of Shame. I didn't see any of that. So, <laughs> Right, Aaron, you were checked out during that time. Yes. So my next induction is one of Vince McMahon's little pet projects. Welcome to the We Can't Wrestle Hall of Shame, the World Bodybuilding Federation. Oh, yes. The WBF. Gary Stridham. That's the only name. <laughs> I mean, other than Lex Luger, like the only name I ever remember from that for some reason Gary is Stridham. the name Gary Stridham. Yep. Other than that, what the fuck? Who might have made <laughs> Gary Stridham might have made a hell of a wrestler. He lo- had a look. You know what I mean? He, he had, had a look, but I think that. he I think he would have wound up wound up like early Batista, where he was so right. 
he was so like uh, uh, tight, you know, that he would have right. just ripped muscles all the time. Right. That yeah. But that WBF thing. No, it's one was... of uh, one of Vince's vanity projects, one of his side projects. That even back then in '92, when I was literally just a a young wrestling fan sucking at the teat of the WWF. No, even I couldn't get into that deal. Like, I don't want to see these. I don't want to see these leathery fucking <laughs> muscle <laughs> people in their little booty shorts, like flexing and shit. It's like I don't want to see that. Like, uh, yeah, it, it's like what was it? Body stars. That's what they call their fucking yeah. show. It was it was trash. And and Vince McMahon should just he should always just stuck to wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like like anything Vince tries to do that's not professional wrestling, he just fucking fails at. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I and, agree. And the other thing about the WBF to me. And I don't know, I don't know what it was as far as contract. I don't know. You know, there could have been legal things or contract things or whatever. But in in April or May of 1992, striking while the iron is hot, if you would have brought Lex Luger in right. to the WWF right away off of right. WCW you know, off of his heel WCW run and bring him in right. as a heel, Lex Luger. I've always said Lex Luger would have stood more of a chance in the WWF had he come in just in the the blue and, or green or whatever tights he was wearing in WCW. Right. Just and then, and Lex Luger. I agree, but that's why they put him in the WBF, because he left WCW and he had the no-compete, so he couldn't compete in wrestling and that's why they put him on the WB the the WBF yeah, but but you put him in the WBF and if anybody was watching it which we know nobody really was but <laughs> uh you know they, they started to like him because he wasn't being a heel on the show he was being a normal guy he was being Lex Luger and then now he debuts as the narcissist he's not even Lex Luger at first he's the narcissist so he gave him a shitty gimmick which it wasn't a bad gimmick that was boring been, he could the have been the narcissist boring. Lex Luger. But then you screw it all up. He's going to feud with Mr. Perfect. Maybe he's not. We don't know. And then you're like, you know what? We're going to have him slam Yokozuna. You know, I mean, that. but that's getting off topic for yeah. WBF. I, I, can, I can induct the way WW, WWF uh, <laughs> booked Book Lex, Lex Luger. Luger. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't have it on my list. But... <laughs> I guess I'll build on it. Like, is he or is he not? When you think about it, the most surprising failure in the WWF. Uh yeah. I like the so. fact, like with his body and everything, and the, his body type being Vince McMahon's type, his oh, style. Yeah. That guy should have been a gigantic star in that company, and. He was so mishandled. It just—it always surprises me how Lex Luger was handled by that company. But that's a whole other topic. I, I think it was because he wasn't taking enough Ico, Ico Pro. Ico, oh yeah, that's what the WBF too. Ico Pro mm-hmm. steroids in a can for everybody, <laughs> for everybody, yeah. for everybody who cares about their body. What I never understood though, what I always had, even as a kid, because we knew we all knew about the steroid scandal. Mm-hmm. Why would you do this kind of show? Well, and I, men who, you, who knowingly take steroids to get ready I'll, for these competitions. I'll actually give um, 
I'll give I'll, I'll talk about another podcast on our show because he actually lets me promote our shows in his Facebook group and stuff. John Arezzi, um, who does his pro wrestling spotlight then and now show, actually talked about it on the show that he was under the impression from the people that he talked to at the time, as far as Ico Pro goes, that they legit like WWF legit was was they created Ico Pro as a way to get the guys off the juice. Mm-hmm. Like they, they created these supplements and stuff and had this doctor work on them and everything as a replacement for steroids, mm-hmm. uh, which HGH would become. Right. But, uh, you know, originally their intention with IcoPro was actually quite decent, you know, and I uh, get that, know. but, but, you know, like if, if somebody comes around at me and says, you're a drug addict and I start defending myself, but then all you ever see me hanging out with is nothing but drug addicts. Right. You're going to think I'm a drug addict. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, Vince McMahon, you're, you're a steroid fiend and you make your wrestlers take steroids. No, I'm not. But here's the show about guys who are on steroids. Right. You know what I mean? That I'm coincidentally one of the hosts of. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Lex Luger's the Forrest Gump of professional wrestling. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> He, he was this, always there at the right place at the yeah, right time. Just yeah. this idiot that just is around when monumental monumental shits happening around him. <coughs> so there you go, the WBF. Unless you guys have anything else on that, that was my induction, and we can move on to Aaron's next induction. I think this is my last one, right? Yes, it is. Yes, sir. All right. Um, a good one. It is. It's a good one. Um indicting this next next person into the hall of shame is Dana Warrior and let's bring out the Renegade. Nice. The Re- <laughs> I was expecting the ultimate warrior yeah, I was and too. I got the Renegade. I yeah. was too. Um here is the here is the 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 monologue over the Renegade's video as we see all his 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 accomplishments. accomplishments. Yeah. The only thing worse than the Ultimate Warrior is the Dollar Tree version of the Ultimate Warrior, and that's the Renegade. The Renegade might be the worst professional wrestler of all time, and that's saying something. The Renegade was a complete and utter failure and should be locked away, never heard from again or seen. The Renegade was fucking trash. R.I.P. Rick Wilson. I I I always think back to when Jimmy Hart made the Dungeon of Doom, and they attacked Renegade, and they're wiping the big R off his face that's red and yellow, mm-hmm. and Jimmy Hart yelling, "You're not Renegade, you're just Rick." You're and just like, Rick. Oh, that would have been a better gimmick, right? Just Rick. Look here, folks. I'm just Rick. I'm just Rick. <laughs> like, you him, could have worked that in to say you could have been have like a him, Joe Exotic. <laughs> have, him, have, him, have him come out with John Tenta with the non-shaved beard and head that he didn't do. I'm, I'm not a shark. I'm not a shark. I'm not, a, I'm not an earthquake. I'm not an avalanche. I'm John Tenta. And then he would be the electric side. And I'm just Rick. I'm just Rick. That would have worked, man. That would have right? dug that gimmick. Right. <laughs> now, here's what I will say to... I know what you're. I know what you're gonna say, and I'm not. I'm not indicting Rick Wilson. I know. I know. We we're inducting the gimmick. We're inducting the yes. That that guy 
probably a perfectly nice gentleman. Right. Aspiring professional wrestler. And you know what? He got a contract with the biggest yep. wrestling company in the world at the time. WWF was floundering. Well. WCW. And he got to uh, to lift a gimmick, kind of, because they couldn't get Warriors, so they threw it on him, and it was utter garbage. And he was not ready to be at that level in professional wrestling. And that is one of the few times where I will say, I think that, uh, this is getting too deep, but whatever. What happened with his career probably led to his demise. It did. Because you're, you're, you're putting a rocket on this guy that isn't ready for it. And the meteoric fall yep. that he had, I'm sure, affected his self-esteem. Yeah. Well, you know, to, go, like that. to go from beating Arn Anderson for the world television title, and he actually had a decent run with the title because he was defending it on a, a you know semi-weekly basis. But he never he had a good some, match. Well, no, he <laughs> you know, I mean... But yeah, they, they, wanted him, they wanted him to go out and beat Arn, talking about that. Like, oh, they were like, oh, we're going to go out there, and Arn, like, they, like Flair said that, and, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher it a little bit, but they basically wanted him to go out there and squash Arn, and Arn was like, or I shouldn't say squash him, but but like Arn was like, I can't get anything out of this guy. Mm-hmm. And Bischoff was like, we'll just go out there and do it in like 30 seconds. And then they did it, and it was terrible. And yep. Bischoff was like, we should have done it in three seconds. And Flair was like, you shouldn't have done it at all. Yes, exactly. Yes. So, yes, the renegade gimmick and the whole thing surrounding it and every way it was booked definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Shame for sure. Oof. <laughs> Archie? My last inductee will be being inducted by a very special guest. The immortal two-time Hall of Famer himself, Hulk Hogan. All right, brother. And the reason that he is being inducted by Hulk Hogan is because this piece of shit turned on Hulk Hogan, not in the wrestling business, but outside of it. Hulk Hogan made his radio station famous. Hulk Hogan brought him into TNA with him and actually allowed him to be an on-screen character. And I'm going to do my best Hulk Hogan voice for this one. Well, let me tell you something, brother. When I bring you into the wrestling business and I give you the world on a silver platter, and then you offer me to bed your wife and video record it without my knowledge. You deserve to be in the Hall of Shame. So for that, Bubba the Love Sponge is being inducted into the We Can't Wrestle Hall of Shame. Bubba the Love Sponge. Yes. He has other uh, acts against other wrestlers against him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the reason that uh, Awesome Kong was fired from TNA during his run uh, because he said some very racist statements to her and she beat the crap out of him. And because as of that... Well, as well she should she have. She should have. And he, he, he went to Dixie and said, if you don't fire her, I'm taking Hogan and I'm out of here. Which Hogan backed him up and she mm-hmm. was fired. Um, he tried to make the Nasty Boys relevant in 2010 
uh, which shouldn't have happened. <laughs> and he was just an all-around piece of shit on TV, let alone in person. So yeah, I haven't I haven't heard a lot of good about the guy. And another thing that um, <clears throat> that I will say about him is he's not even. Like his radio show isn't even good. No, I don't understand why why he ever got to the popularity that he did. Because he befriended Hogan. Yeah, he gave, he gave Hogan a platform to speak on. Yeah, Hogan I mean, I, I I have heard I have heard his radio show. You know, because I'm, I'm, it's fucking awful. It's awful. Yeah, Aaron I said terrible. Aaron said earlier something about. You know, the Renegade being the the Dollar Tree version of the Ultimate Warrior. Bubba the Love Sponge is the Dollar Tree version of Howard Stern. Right. Because, like, when when, Never, when, I, when it was I, Stern versus Man Cow, mm-hmm. like, Man Cow at funny. times, yeah, Man Cow is actually funny. Yes. Right. Right. Like I Like, okay, I'll say this about Howard Stern. Like, I've never been a Howard Stern fan, okay? I, I, I get why people like him, but I just... I, I don't like the guy. I understand. And and I and I uh, Arch, I know like over like up in your region of the country or whatever, he was huge. I just was never a fan of Howard Stern. I thought Man Cow was really funny, but I I've, I've never like Man Cow was funnier than Stern because like his bits were funnier. You know what I mean? Right. Like he right. had good comedy bits and stuff. But Stern was only funny when he brought on a porn star and made her do something stupid. And that was, you know, that got old after about a year. Yeah, Stern's like a one-trick pony in my Yeah. But, um, like, even as a kid, like, even as, like, a juvenile with, like, a, like a sophomore sense of humor, I just, I didn't, I never thought Stern was that good. And I know Nate was a fan of him, but I just, I thought Stern was dumb. But I, like Stern. Man, I know you do. But Man Cow was funny because, like, his prank calls were great. Like, right. he, well, he <laughs> not to get off on a tangent, but, but Man Cow called the restaurant that, um, um, the, the guy that, that OJ killed. Ron Goldman. Uh, Ron, Ron Goldman. Like, he called that and was like, hey, I left my glasses there. Somebody <laughs> dropped them off. Like, <laughs> So bad. Like that is really <laughs> fucking. Like there wasn't more to the joke. It was just we're gonna call him, and say hey, I left my glasses here. Can somebody drop them off? And the lady on the phone was just like fuck you and like hung out. Like it, <laughs> like, it was super great. <laughs> but anyway, um, Bubba the Love Sponge. I've never heard really anything that guy ever did that was entertaining. You're not nope. missing anything, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He never, he never had, you've never heard anything he did that was entertaining because he's never done anything entertaining. Entertaining, so. right. Um, but yeah, definitely Archie. I would say that POS deserves to be in the Hall of Shame. Welcome to the Hall of Shame. Love it, love sponge. Love sponge. <laughs> so I guess I got with Joe Gomez afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I get to round us out here on this yes. year's edition. Well, it is your show. Good. And mine is, um, I think it's good. All right, because I think, I, think we're all, I, think, I think we're all going to agree 
that this is some real, real shameful wrestling shit. The heel turn in 1998 and subsequent um, joining of the Wolf Pack of Sting. Well, that was terrible. Uh, Tomato Face Sting is terrible. Yeah. It was, you had literally, they literally had, uh, let's not, you know, okay, you got your Ric Flair, you got your Dusty Rhodes. I mean, there's the history of WCW. Now, I'm going to talk about the NWA, folks. I'm talking right. about WCW from when, when Ted Turner bought it in 88. This was, Sting was the biggest baby face, the he most was WCW. over. WCW. And especially at this time, you know, like, and, and it, st- it starts. It, it starts at Starcade, right? When they fucked up the whole deal with the with the main event. Oh, you mean Brad took a took a hissy fit and decided to restart the match for no reason, even though there was no problem? Because that match should have ended with Sting pinning Hulk Hogan in the right. center of the ring and becoming the champion. There should have been right. no. There should have been no no controversy. Nope. There should the bullshit nope. started right there, and it, it's just. It, Imagine how different things would have been had they kept that momentum going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, Sting, and and, and I know the NWO was great, and everybody loved it and everything like that, but when Sting beat Hogan, that should have been the end of the NWO. Yes. I mean, you could have, you could have, yes, you could have done a storyline where they broke up, you know what I mean, for six right. months. But that's, you're right, that should have been the beginning of the end and it should have been the NWO should have been done by that June. And you could even you could even have an end, okay? Like Hogan loses, and then Hogan leaves, okay, for like six months. And fucking Terry Barella's not going to be mad about that. He's still getting fucking paid, right? Yeah, he's still going to be able to fucking bang the thunder at the beach. Do, do Thunder in Paradise yeah, or whatever. Yeah, make his shitty movies and bang He, he did it before Bash of the Beach when he came out with the when he came out and joined the NWO anyway. He was going for five months then. Why yeah. can't he do it now? Yeah, and you then you, you could even brought him back later and fucking turned him again if you wanted to. Right. And, and Nash and Hall could have still been the fucking outsiders or whatever. Right. And, and they could have been the Wolf Pack. Yeah, they could not have been NWO Wolfpack. Wolfpack, but they yeah, could have been like, the Wolfpack. Yeah, we're right. the Wolfpack, and we got Conan with us because he's cool. Mm-hmm. And we, got, we got Waltman with us, or what? I know Waltman left, but you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like he could have still done that, but and I know we, I know you're not indicting the NWO. You're indicting fucking Tomato Face Thing. But like, yeah, I'm inducting that. <laughs> but I'm inducting that whole story, like the way they fucked that whole thing up with Sting. No, it was bad. He never should. He never. Sting never should have "quote unquote" turned. You know, I know everybody in the in that whole thing. In that, that's another thing that's fucked up about it. Is everybody in that whole thing is shades of gray? Who's a face? Who's a heel? Who's a Sting? Never should. He never should join the NWO. Okay, you have the NWO. You have the NWO at its core. Hogan Nash Hall. Nash breaks off and makes his own. Red and Black Wolf Pack. Okay, great. Now you've got three companies battling in, you know, kayfabe. NWO, Wolf Pack, and WCW. Hogan's the forefront of the NWO. Nash is, is uh, Wolf Pack. So who was the forefront of WCW then? 
because they had Luger and Sting who were Mr. WCW. Exactly. And and that's yeah. my point is whether red and black, oh. white and black, whatever, Sting never should have put on an NWO shirt. Here was ever. the stupidity. The night that he joined, when he took off his jacket, he was wearing the white shirt. Tony Schiavone's like, oh, no, it finally happened. He joined the NWO, right? Mm-hmm. Beats up Hogan and the, and the Giant. Slams the Giant, which for Sting being a little bit smaller than Hogan and, and Goldberg, Sting slamming the Giant was a big moment then. Rips off the shirt. He's got the red and black. And then Shivani starts shrieking like a little girl. He's in the wolf bag. He's got the red and the black. And I'm like, why are you cheering right now? You, It's still the NWO. He's not in WCW anymore. Basically, he said, screw you. I'm joining another group. Mm-hmm. You know, why are we celebrating this? Well, and that is exactly why any intelligent person that studies the history of wrestling and actually studies it as an art and as a business, regardless of what happened in 98, because, you know, I mean, granted, the business itself for WCW really took the sharp turn down in 99. Right. But wrestling companies don't die overnight unless unless you're world-class. But they don't die overnight. (laughs) But the, the... Okay, 98, WCW kind of, like, they, they essentially lived off of their own ether, you know, through right. Goldberg and all that. Like, they lived off of the fact that they were so big for a year and a half. But let's be honest, that thing, that shit with Sting, regard, you know, at the end of the Starcade 97, and then into his heel turn, that's really the beginning of the downfall, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Goldberg comes along. And it's Goldberg, but, and that was, you know, but he also, he, his popularity kind of piggybacked off the fact that people were still watching, even though they had already kind of lost, you know, you're watching out of habit. You know right. what I mean? Right. And, and, but yeah, I mean, I, I have to indict the sting, whatever you want to call it, the heel turn, the joining, the whatever it is, sting never should have been in the NWO. No, he never should have had one of those shirts on. It was what stupid, ma- and it was Nate, it was counterproductive. Nate, what made it worse was he was only in the NWO Wolfpack for two months. Mm-hmm. They did all of that for a two-month pop because two months later, Nash beat Goldberg for the world title, and then they gave it right back to Hogan with the finger poke of doom. Why would you do that then? Because yeah. we knew Sting wasn't going to join the white and black NWO because he hated Hogan, and you put Nash, Luger... And Macho Man right back in the regular and oh no, Macho Man wasn't there, I'm sorry. But Nash and Luger joined the regular NWO again. So why would we do this? Who was exactly. this helping exactly? You know. So well it's good to hear that it sounds like you guys both agree with me. Aaron, did you oh, have anything terrible. else on that? It was stupid. <laughs> Dynamite drop it, Donnie. And and it's like I don't know, Sting and Flair, and I know Flair never joined, but those should have oh, been... Oh, God. God, I'm glad that never happened. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, those should have been the two guys that never joined. He technically and, joined the WWE. Yeah. Flair? Well, I mean, if you remember when he appointed Booker T a member of the NWO, they were kind of teasing it, but then they never went anywhere with it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because that... That Vince versus Flair shit fell apart right. when Austin left. <laughs> right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it should have, and I know Flair never joined, but it right. should have always been 
like staying at Ric Flair. Like if you're going to keep the NWO going, then oh. the two guys that should always be like, no, these are trash. These people are trash. Should have been like, like, and I'll I'll even sprinkle Arn in there. It should have always been like staying Ric Flair and Arn Anderson, right? Yeah, going against the NWO. Like I would have rather like. <laughs> They always were like, oh, DDP never joined the NWO. It's like, I would have rather fucking DDP join the NWO. Well, well and him here. joining the NWO would have made more sense because he sense. was friends with Nash and Hall. Yeah. Right, he had, a, he, had, he had a story with them. But see, here's the other thing, the other shoe that drops. When you look at the NWO as a whole, except for the NWO Japan members, almost every member of the NWO was in the WWF at one point. Mm-hmm. Conan was Max Moon. VK Wall Street, Big Bubba, you know what I mean? Except for Scott Norton and Buff Bagwell, everybody was in the in WWF, so they were WWF wrestlers joining a rival faction to go against WCW, who was never in the NWO. Rick Flair should have never been in the NWO. Rick Flair, Sting, Arn Anderson, Luger, uh, you know what I mean? It, right. it, 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 keep your homegrown talent to your company because you made them, not who the NWO was supposed to be, you know, but it is what it is. It is what it is. And, um, that is the 2021 class of the, we can't wrestle podcast hall of shame. Woo-hoo. As Thank always listening. Uh, thanks for listening with us. Yes. Everybody's, Standing up and applauding. I see all the the dignitaries out there. I see Golga. There's Golga. He's standing up, clapping. Why is everybody holding an Aaron's list as the best sign? Because it's true. Damn it. Oh, there, there's Ricky Steamboat in his dragon outfit. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> out Oh, Glenn Jacobs showed up in a dentist uniform. Yeah, there, there's yeah, Glenn but he's Jacobs. wearing his diesel wig. I think he's got too many too many gimmicks going on at once. Yes, oh, <laughs> yeah, out there, uh, Freddie Joe Floyd and T.L. Hopper, T.L. Hopper, and that fat fuck PN News. He's out there. Look at that, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega just winked at me, knowing that I'm waiting for him to retire. To make him the biggest inductee in history. <laughs> Ronnie Garvin is sitting right in there next to him. Oh, God. Don't put down the goddamn good name of Ronnie Garvin. Yeah, you leave hands <laughs> You know what's alone. funny? You know what's funny? <laughs> I'm never I'm never going to induct Ronnie Garvin into the Hall of Shame. And you know why? Because he's a why? badass little sawed-off motherfucker. That's why. <laughs> Here's why. And, and that's, the, that's the thing, folks, that I want to... Um, accentuate here a lot of times in the hall of shame we're not we're not crapping on the worker we're not crapping on the person sometimes we're crapping on the worker and the person like buck zumhoff right but the reason that a guy like ronnie garvin for me would never get into our hall of shame as a matter of fact as time goes on i would be more likely even though i'm not a fan to induct him into our hall of fame because i'm not a fan of ronnie garvin as a wrestler Right, But I can watch Ronnie Garvin and see why he is historically significant, why he was over, what he did that got... You know what I mean? Like, 
I'm not a, I, I'm not, I'm not a sit down. Right, and then teabag no, him. But do you, see what I'm, do, do you see what I'm saying, though, Aaron? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to sit down and watch a bunch of Ronnie Garvin matches, but I can see why someone would sit. You know, there's a difference between crap and just something you don't like. You know what I mean? Ronnie Garvin never did anything that was insulting to the no, 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 no. And he, he's a great pro wrestler. He's just he, not my, he was never my not, cup of tea. He's not your cup of tea. Was it the blonde buzz cut or the hands of stone that you didn't like? No. And you know what? It, it's also because, and another reason I would say that, I was never a fan of watching him work, but that's mm-hmm. just me. I can, right. I can totally watch Ronnie Garvin and see why other people are like, this dude's a fucking shit. But another thing I will say is, and Aaron knows this, the one thing I will always acquiesce about Ronnie Garvin is I love watching him and Randy Savage in ICW mm-hmm. back in like fucking 70 whatever, early 80s or whatever. Like right. that's my favorite Ronnie Garvin stuff because watching him work with Savage was so good. So yeah, that that was just like a little clarification there of what this Hall of Shame is about. It's not about um Necessarily, even stuff we don't, we personally don't like. It's stuff we look at and go, "Yeah, that was garbage." Right. <laughs> so, guys, anything you want to say before we sign off here this week on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, the 2021 Hall of Shame in the books? I think I'm good. I can't of anything. Well, I can. If you're not listening. You need to listen to Reliving the Extreme, one of the other podcasts here in the We Can't Wrestle podcast and Maxing Out Media Hall, uh, not Hall of Shame. (laughs) No, not the Hall of Shame. Family. This week, actually, we had ECW original, literally original, Tommy Cairo on the show. There is an ice cream truck involved, okay? (laughs) Listen Listen to the show. There is an ice cream truck. There is Chad Austin and Tommy Cairo talking about backstage back in the day in ECW. There is Tommy Cairo completely shitting on Paul Heyman. There is all <laughs> kinds of great stuff in our conversation with Tommy. So check that out. And also, of course, my yes, new baby. On Sammy uh, Callahan. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just randomly just shit on Sammy Callahan. Yes, great. he did. <laughs> so that, and please do check out WrestleNet Radio. Aaron's got a show on there. Archie's got a show on there. Yep. There are more shows coming on there. I've actually worked out some deals with uh, some other wrestling podcasters to provide their shows to the sh- to the radio station. So stay tuned for that. Um, that's it. We're going to sign off. Thank you for joining us on the yes, Weekend Wrestling Thank you Podcast. For joining us. Because it's the Hall of Shame, your host is drunk, because that's what I do during this show. And we will see you next time around for more of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Again, check out WrestleNet Radio. A lot of great content on there, especially with us. We're doing a lot of stuff on there that you can't hear on this podcast. I'm doing fantastic work. (laughs) The best work Aaron has ever done. Yes. Thank you for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time around on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. The We Can't Wrestle podcast is a production of Maxin' Out Media, all rights reserved.